up, everybody? Welcome to Flagrant 2. It's your boy, Schultze. I'm here at Akash Singh, Alex Media, Mark Gagnon. We got the truffle, and we have a very special guest. Very special. Very, very special guest. Uh, let's just start it. Uh, give it up for Tony Hawk, everybody. Hey! The motherfucking hey. goat. The goat is in the, the building. Goat. I appreciate it. I hope I can live up to it. Yes, you can. <laughs> I think uh, you already did. Yeah, 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 you're good. You have a video game. That yeah. I, I've, been, I've been trying to think how many humans in history have had a video game. Do you know? No. <laughs> I mean, I, there are guys so who you mean like on, with their signature on it? Yeah. Yeah, not many. Tom Brady doesn't have a video game. Yeah. He's sometimes <laughs> Michael he's on Jordan the cover. had one. But with it, it, Bird. Yeah, yeah. He didn't <laughs> he have his own. share it. <laughs> yeah. I think there's only a handful of people. It's a pretty crazy thing. It was a huge honor. Yeah. I mean, we're, I want to talk about it. I have so many different things. But the reason why I really wanted to talk to you was... And I only understand from an outside perspective so that you could be, you know, like a PR genius and you could be knowing how to handle yourself perfectly. But from the outside perspective, I've always thought that you've handled fame, immense fame, incredibly well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You just seem humble. You seem like really nice when everybody meets you. I, I haven't heard of any like crazy stories about you. Oh, Tony Hawk's a jerk. It's always <laughs> like Tony Hawk's the nicest guy. Or did I meet Tony Hawk? Like, you, <laughs> oh, have, yeah, that, you have a that fun like trolling lot. thing that yes. you're doing with people. And, <laughs> and I'm just curious, like you see people get like broken by fame. I think what happened was I had fame very early in my life. Well, a, a modicum of fame yeah. in my late teens. and lost it, lost my career, lost everything, just because skateboarding took a downturn. Mm, yeah, right. And so maybe there were parts of that time frame where I was taking advantage of fame or where I was kind of living it up. And, and then when it was all stripped away, I was so thankful to still have skating. And mm. then I never lost that, uh, that love for it. So when, it, when skating came back around, that is the core of what I do and what I'm thankful for. And so everything else is, is more incidental. Mm. So in, mm. in other words, like you kind of need it to be stripped away so you can appreciate it. Absolutely. There's a humbling. Yeah. 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 And, um, but also I, and I had, a, I had enough brushes with other people who I considered. I looked up to and, and it didn't go well. And it was so impactful mm. that I remember that. And I was like, oh man. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm dying to know who. Yeah. I'm dying to know <laughs> who. Who's the worst? No, there were just a, couple, the a couple, like, a couple pro skaters back in the day where it, one there was this, uh, famously spit on my skateboard when I was just trying to sort of buddy up, and so and but also I saw that. Do you have a name? Was he a dog town <laughs> in Zebra? Yeah, I mean, no, but everyone, everyone knows the story. I don't like, and I don't like throwing him under the bus so okay um, because you're so much more famous than him why give him a shout <laughs> no yeah. just, you're you not know, in the video game buddy. <laughs> <laughs> we made amends and on hard time so um but it was more that i saw i, I saw people that that didn't they didn't appreciate that you were respect them yeah and that you aspired to be them. well hopefully yeah. you know at some point aspired to be them and then realized like oh, no i don't want to be like that yeah yeah um and and I'm just, I just love it. Like, I can't believe how far skateboarding has come. I can't believe that I still get to do it for a living, that anyone even cares that I do it or yeah. like who I am. And so everything, everything's just like a nice surprise. I it's just so, it's just so unique that like, you don't start believing it because you've been famous for decades for skateboarding. And when you say you can't believe how far it's come, it's mainly because of you that it came that far. Yeah. Which you is, played a big I, part in it. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, but but at the same time, I'm I, I just love being part of it because right. I represent a, 
a very small faction of skating in terms of like I'm a I'm a half pipe skater, yeah. reverse skater. That's not the that's not the go to choice for kids to go skating. They yeah. want to just go street. They want to go jump down the stairs. They want to be yeah. Nigel Houston and Paul Rodriguez and and um, so what I'm doing is sort of this this antiquated version of what skateboarding is, but at the same time, I. I have a voice and I'm able to represent it. So I want to represent all aspects of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think I've learned to be cognizant of that and and to to try to spread the awareness better than just saying like, we need more vert ramps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 you don't want to be like the old person like uh, going, they shoot too many threes. Yeah. yeah. The NBA, yeah. right? Like you want to make sure that you're like appreciating and like uplifting the new wave of skateboarding. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and 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 for sure, you could you could come at it from a bitter perspective where it's like I, there was one skate park when I was growing up, and we had to drive it, yeah, you know, through rainstorms. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> now there's a uh, a super hot take that Mark brought up earlier mm. we were discussing. We we're like, okay, we got to talk to Tony, and we're talking about like impact, and we we come in here like I don't know if you've listened to podcasts before, but like we'll we'll have some wild takes, and then we try to justify it, and. One of the wildest takes <laughs> that might be justifiable is you started streetwear. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that. Oh, wow. I believe now, that. Now, no now, way now, I would take that. Now, 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 Skateboarder from San Diego. Yeah. 54 years old. Am I supposed to, I'm 53. Am I supposed 53? to defend this position? <laughs> or am I supposed gonna to dispute it? it? Yeah. You're going to defend yeah. it and you're going to dispute it. Yeah, yeah. He's, right. he's already on board. He's yeah. like, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Whatever you want me to say. No. Okay. So, but he had a good argument. Yeah. Okay. So go. So I played the games growing up and I loved them. And I always noticed that on all the games, there was like the soundtrack was instrumental. So to back up a little bit, streetwear, in my opinion, is basically the merging of hip hop culture and skateboarding. So you have like brands like Supreme and stuff that, mm -hmm. you know, Palace, things like that, that skateboarding, hip hop come together. So basically once black dudes start skateboarding, streetwear is born. And in my opinion, I think most black kids started skateboarding because of the video game. Now, Mark grew up with no black people in his life. Yeah, I know one. <laughs> so this is a guess. Yeah, Now you have that one friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Imaginary. <No. laughs> uh, that, but Al could probably confirm yes. that that is true. Now, I grew up in the city skateboarding, right? I had a fucking division skateboard that just had the little baby lip on the front. <laughs> I didn't think you were that old. I'm old. Right, division. 37. I'm wow. out here. So, but, and I remember, I remember it becoming popular, and I remember the video game, and I remember my friends, like, Dominican, Puerto Rican, black dudes were all playing this game, right? And it was also popular when, like, uh, snowboard video games were coming oh, out yeah, as well, yeah. and that, that mm. was going, but I remember an interesting thing happening because- Later on in life, I would play FIFA, the soccer game. Yeah. And I knew nothing about soccer. And I had friends of mine that were black were like, bro, this was us with skateboarding. <laughs> like, I only knew these guys from the video game. Yep. I didn't know them uh -huh. as actual athletes until after I started playing it. Okay. Right? So right. these worlds collide. Mm -hmm. This fashion that becomes the predominant fashion for people now, I guess, maybe under 30. Mm -hmm. Right? Everybody is going crazy because of you. Oh, well, you need a cut. Uh, <laughs> you need a cut. So I, no, I got share. Share. I'm, okay. I'm doing okay. Um, I, I, I think more that when I 
when I was working on a game, I set out to bring the skate culture with that. Mm. And that involved the, the skaters, the tricks, the look, the music, the culture. And so I was really proud of how it was represented in the game. I really thought that the game was only going to be popular among skaters. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like, I inspired some skaters to buy PlayStation. Uh, and and yeah, to okay. me, that was it. That was the mark of success. Cause it's, cause then that, they, that means they appreciated it for being authentic. Right. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't, what I didn't anticipate was that it was going to resonate far beyond skateboarding and, and to gamers. Um, and so I wanted, I, I definitely wanted to be inclusive. I think there's, you know, Part of me regrets not being more inclusive with with the roster of skaters, mm. but because you know we only had we had one person of color, we had one female skater in, but but a lot of people point to that. There was a, as, there was a female skater in it. Yeah, <laughs> Alyssa Steamer. I didn't know that. Yeah, in the first one. In the first one, yeah. Wow. Um, and you could so, also just had you, and everybody would have been like, "Yeah, yeah, I play that game all the time." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know yeah. there was anyone else. Yeah, we just used you. <laughs> yeah. but, it, but it was also it was also a sign of the times. It was also a sign yeah. of the times sure. in that the, the general layout of, of skating was more white. Yeah. Um, and so, but but I'm thankful that if that's what inspired people to, to start doing it, especially in uh, different cultures, then that that was awesome. Like that. That's exactly what I would have hoped for, but I just didn't imagine it was going to be that big. Dude, it was crazy. It was like, I, I was reading some statistic where like they thought that it was going to sell a quarter million games and it sold five million. I have a funny story about that. All right, guys, big announcement. Infamous Tour, we have added shows. Okay, they are on sale. Portland and Seattle, they sold out in a fucking day. Thank you so much. That Portland show is going to be a bloodbath. So I think it's time we added another show in each of those places. We also got Sacramento, uh, New Orleans, Chicago. We have that late show in Chicago. Make sure you check that thing out. San Francisco, we're coming. I think there's only single seats left for that, but maybe try to snag those before that's done. Um, Make sure you check it out. And then we have Atlantic City as well. Atlantic City, New Jersey. Jersey is also on sale. If you couldn't get tickets to that Philly show, we were just down there. Make sure you pop over to Atlantic City. More dates. We added Boston the day before New Year's uh, Eve. So that's uh, the 30th of December. We added another show at the Wilbur there. We got Jacksonville, Fargo, theandrewshows.com. Go check those out. Get those tickets early because I don't want you to be missing out on a show. Akash, what you got? Yo, first of all, thank you so much to everybody who came out through Stress Factory for the last special of the uh, last taping of the special was amazing. Uh, we almost sold out of every show, so thank you guys so much. Now, I am coming very soon to Atlanta, November 6th. Two shows. Tickets are selling out, so hurry up and buy them. Uh, November 13th, we just added this date. I'm going to be at Fairfield Comedy Club in Connecticut. Come the fuck through, you nutmeggers. Uh, January 26th and 27th, I'm going to be at Zany's in Nashville right after Thanksgiving. Come through December 9th through 11th. DC, I'm at the Comedy Loft, and January seventh and um, yeah, January seventh and eighth, I'm coming home to Dallas at Hyenas. Buy your tickets at AkashSing.com. Alex, hit it. And guys, you know what it is. If you're in the tri-state area, you have a podcast you're looking to record or a photo shoot you want to do, head over to WTFMediaStudios.com. It's located in Soho, New York. Uh, if you're trying to get your home studio or podcast started from home. 
I do consulting as well. So head over to WTFmediastudios.com. And now let's get back to the show. All right, guys, we're going to take a break for a second because I got to make sure you guys got the hardest dicks in the business. And the way that we do that is with the Blue Chew. Make sure that Blue Chew got your back. Same active ingredients as inside Cialis or Viagra. But this is the chew. This is the one we do to keep our ladies satisfied. And if you got a new girl that you want to impress, make sure that you're busting it out and busting it open with the chew. Okay? And you know what you're going to do? You're going to get it for free. The best dick of your life for free you're gonna get all you gotta do is go to bluechew.com make sure you use the promo code flagrant and they're gonna send it to you for free you just pay five dollars shipping what an amazing deal best dick of your life delivered to your door for nothing god bless go get it now let's get back to the show i have a funny story about that actually as as the uh as the game was getting released (laughs) they could sense the buzz of it i was just going a million miles an hour because i was still doing x games and i was yeah i was just like like I was working on the game. I know I was proud of it, but I just didn't imagine it was going to be big. And they called me right before the release and they said, um, we want to offer you a buyout of future royalties. <laughs> These pieces of shit. These pieces of shit. Oh, God. Did the red flag go off right there? Did you realize? No. Are you kidding me? I, like they, they said, we, would, we want to buy you off for half a million dollars. And I was sick. like, at that time in my life, yeah. Someone saying a half million dollars sounded like a gazillion billion dollars. <laughs> and uh, and I had just I had just moved into a new house. Um, I like I was getting pretty good royalties. Still, I was starting to make good money just from being a pro skater. Right. And I told him, I go, you know what? I think I'll just take a chance and go oh, for it. God. If I hadn't bought that house right then, I probably would have taken it. Wow. But I had just, like I said bought a new house and, and was able to pay the mortgage, which is something that uh, was new to me, being able to afford the mortgage yeah. on my house. Yeah. Um, and so I took a chance and it was definitely the best financial decision in my life. So were you, I mean, I don't want to, you know, get in your pockets too much here, but like, <laughs> I do want to. Uh, <laughs> but So were, did they give you like a piece of the game or like, how does it work with? Uh, yeah, royalties. Yeah. So you just get a percentage of every game purchase yeah. Yeah. and all the money that comes with the game, et cetera. Like uh, if they sell merch or they sell, yes, yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff happened um, based on the success of the game. I got all kinds of different endorsements and things yeah. and, and licensing deals, and and I I definitely attribute that to the success of the game. The thing that that was the the real silver lining to all of it was that all of the skaters had a deal that if it reaches these certain marks of sales. They get a piece. They get more. They, they get almost what they signed up for. And that original crew of skaters did really well. That's great. Okay. Now this makes a little bit more sense. I always wondered how the fuck you were so, at least appeared so liked by these people you would just body in every competition. <laughs> like, like every competition you're destroying. And then I see them on the side of the half pipe. They're hitting the half pipe. They're like, they're rooting for this person that is... <laughs> There's only one person in their way of gold, right? <laughs> I, How did they like you? I, but I, okay, that is, I, but that's just not just me. That is skateboarding, okay, in a nutshell. Okay, it's an individual pursuit, but everyone's pulling for each other. So that's part of the community. Mm. I mean, if you go to a skate park and you see someone that's trying to nail something, you see everyone rally around them, and maybe, maybe later on you'll compete against them. But but at some point, it's more like you want to see them succeed and. And absolutely, there was some cutthroat competition through the years, and and people had uh, issues with scores and, and all that kind of thing. But 
but that was never the that was never the narrative. Did they thought you got favorable scores, or, or like, vice versa? What it, or you know, it, was, it was more. Was it Jordan rules for Tony Hawk? Was that the? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I I think that through my years, especially in the um, in the late eighties and and then afterwards in the late nineties. I, I know this definitely happened. I started getting judged for what they thought I was capable of mm. as opposed to what oh. was against everyone else. Interesting. So if you want to that gets out. really yeah. that gets that gets weird when you're you want to be seen as a peer to all your competitors, but the judges see you as, well, this is what we saw him do last time. You're chasing your own ghost. Yeah. Oh. And and even if that even if what you did last time could be the best performance of the event. They're still like well, he's got to step it up, right? So we're gonna mark him down for that. Wow. Um, same thing happened to Rodney Mullen. Mm. Yeah, of course. I heard Simone Biles was saying that in the Olympics that they're judging her based off like the other competitions and not. Absolutely. I can smoke everybody else here, but they're yeah, saying and that, what that I'm gets really of. and that gets isolating because then all your competitors are just like, yeah, you know they they don't even really identify with you, right? Mm. Wait, what do you mean by that? Um. Well, let's put it this way. When I was competing, especially in the 80s, I would get, I would, the people who I loved skating with and respected, they'd be like, oh man, I'm just hoping to get second. Really? Uh, yeah. So you were that <laughs> far above. I, it, I, did you have like a Kelly Slater-esque run? Would you see that as your competition? Like the way that Kelly was just on a different level? With surfing. Um, with surfing. Yeah. I definitely had a run of success like that, yeah. It, but in terms of the discrepancy between you and the other people doing I, your Not sport. always. It wasn't always like that. Okay. And, and th no, I mean, I, I saw there were plenty of skaters that would come in. It was just more that I had, I think I had a more consistent run. Right. So they And the longevity. So, so yeah. other skaters would come in and out and they would do well. And yeah, sometimes beat me. Absolutely. Have, like... I'm curious, like, do you sit down with like a, like a Tom Brady or like, do you sit down with like a Michael Jordan or like, like, are, are you all part of a group text or something? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I, I'm really, I'm really I, am, I, I have never met Michael Jordan. Um, okay. I would love to. Uh, I am, um, I'm working with Tom Brady on this autograph. Hmm. I owe the digital collectibles. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So I have a connection to him. I haven't actually met him, but. We, we are working together. But when process. you see somebody like that, is there like a an understanding that you guys have your kindred spirits in a way? You know, like presidents like can all yes. talk. I don't know. I, I we come from such different worlds. I don't know if it would be like that. I mean, I haven't sat down and. But there's still you always like, hear about like Roger Federer and Tiger Woods being really good friends, and Michael Jordan being good friends with Tiger because there's a level of greatness that they understand, maybe a level of fame too, but greatness for sure. And uh, you, especially Brady. Because you guys are both doing it at advanced ages where it's like, you know, this is supposed to be a young man's thing. And then even when you were doing the 900, you were like older than most of the competition, if I remember correctly. And you're dominating doing historic shit that's never been done. There's something that very, very, very few people do except you guys. And there has to be some kind of connection there. Um, I, I would think so. I, I just come from such a different world. But skateboarding that just wasn't popular, wasn't cool. That's, we are doing it against all odds. So it, it's a different sort of journey. That's the fascinating thing for me. Like when I was just doing some research, like I, I think that most people's perception is you do is like you have long floppy hair and you're wearing like tiny little knee pads skating in the yeah. pools. You, you, this is the chronology. I think most people, you do a 900, a video game happens yeah. and then you're on the McDonald's commercial. Like they don't realize there's any 
dips, changes. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. And, and I got a lot of that. But, but like you said, I was, yeah, I was 31 when I yeah. did 900. And I had been competing literally for 20 years at yeah. that point. Wow. Um, and so the, wow. the odd thing about that is I had, I had decided that year, that was 99. I had decided that year was going to be my last competing year because mm -hmm. I had chased it for so long and I had a young family and I was just gone chasing the points all the time. And it yeah. just became like, it became too much. And so in my head, I didn't, was, it wasn't some formal announcement in my head. I was like, all right, this is the last year I'm going to do it. And then when uh, the X Games 99 happened, I had no plans of doing 900. Yeah, it just sort of unfolded that night, and it took a lot of tries, if I remember correctly. It didn't necessarily it, well, have in competition. Up to that right? point, it took ten years of tries. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like it was after the competition, right? People were like, "It was after the competition." Yeah. yeah, and, and I, I, I mean that there was a lot of elements to that. But when I finally did make it, I didn't think it accounted for the competition. Right. It was just more that I was. It was like a skate. You saw an example of, of skate determination. Right. That's what it takes to be to learn a trick yeah. even from the most basic like a kid learning a kickflip they finally make it it's all that yeah. so what that's what i went through i didn't think it was going to be for the competition or even on air um but i knew that i was going to either going to make this trick or get taken away in an ambulance and then mm -hmm. when it finally happened um and and all it was, it was you know made a lot of noise and news i thought oh that's my out that's my you know right yeah yeah, yeah. I, I end on a good note. Yeah. yeah. That's like the but, Jordan, you know, shot yeah. over, was it Byron Russell? Byron Russell, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Byron yeah. Russell. game six, game winner. Okay, but then you came back for more. Uh, I, I competed through the rest of the year, and then every once in a while would come back for special events. But but in terms of being a, a nonstop competitor, uh, that was the end. And, and it allowed me to to do all kinds of different, uh, different projects that, yeah. to me were more fun because yeah. uh like we started the boom boom Hucham tour two years later and that was an arena tour with skateboarding motocross bmx live music and we were the stars of the show yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i couldn't have done that on on a competition uh schedule yeah if you're on the circuit you're yeah playing and, and also place, yeah. when people would come to our shows they saw the best skating because we were we had the freedom to try something, miss it, try oh, yeah. it again. So uh, I did a bunch of nine hundreds on that tour. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's interesting because like, yeah. When you watch like I you know I I grew up surfing, so I'd watch all these like surf videos. And I'd be like, wow. Whenever I'm watching a competition, it, it's not as cool as these like surf videos that I'm watching. And I'm realizing they had right. that freedom. I guess to just yeah try to go shit. to just try the craziest stuff because when you compete, there's a certain conservative approach where it's yeah. like, I got to do the stuff I, I know I can do. Yeah. If I, if I make that, then I might be able to step up a little bit, yeah. but you're not going all out. Yeah. Cause that risk could mean that you might not make a move and that's over. Yeah. I, I just don't understand how you can have like the maniacal approach that you need, like the fucking Kobe Jordan shit that you need to be the greatest at it, but also just be cool. <laughs> yeah like like, like yeah. i'll be honest like people tell stories like i don't want to talk about the dead right but you know but like even about jordan like people didn't like jordan yeah you know what i mean like and most people ask a millionaire <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but you know what i, I saw i watched the, the documentary the uh, last dance yeah the last dance yeah. and yes i have a i i have a level of fame and, and people recognize me and i get to do I, I get crazy opportunities because of that yeah um but 
what they were dealing with was is on a whole different level. Everyone was into basketball. I don't think you know how famous you are. <laughs> I, I, I'm but starting I just, to believe this. But I, I just mean in terms of like that, and in terms of the competition, I understand that people he would he might rub people the wrong way because that was require a fierceness all the time. Ah, and, right where everyone's relying on them to win or to, to carry this legacy. And I'm just going to the skate park. Like, I guess a whole city cares about what Jordan does. He's carrying the whole city. Whole You're carrying yeah. Tony Hawk. And you could go to the skate park and just a public skate. Like now you have your own, obviously, but like you would feel comfortable just going to the skate park and like skating with people. Yeah, I was, I was here like a couple months ago. At the skate park down the street. Yeah. Yeah. And it's never been an issue for you. You're never like, oh my God, the crowds are going to come swarm. They're going to shut down the mall or No, whatever. it's fun. It so charges you, don't, you up. Yeah. You don't yeah because I was going to ask you, when did you start to realize you were a celebrity? Because skateboarding, my cousin used to skate and then I would pretend but I was too pussy to do anything. <laughs> so we knew of you. But then there was a moment in my mind, again, after the 900, where you became like a mainstream celebrity. Did you feel that <laughs> shift happen? And when? <laughs> yeah. I, well, after that, especially after the launch of our first video game, before that, I would only get recognized by skaters. Yeah. That was it. Right. Because the only people who liked skating were skaters. Skate, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after that, especially after the, the rise of the X Games and, and our video game, um, there became a fan base for skating that didn't necessarily skate. Right. And that's when everything changed. Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so I would get recognized in, in airports. And I remember... Um, I was at, I was in Vegas uh, at, at a bar, and this woman said, "You're Tony Hawk." Yeah. yeah she goes, "My son thinks that they named a video game after you." <laughs> <laughs> or no, my son thinks they named you after the video game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my son, like, yeah. he thinks that 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 your parents named you this because of you. <laughs> yeah, it's a prophecy. <laughs> yeah, and and that's when it got to be like that, where the the name was sort of beyond me as a person how did that feel was that like an ego blow at all or was that just no it's hilarious yeah, okay. i love it how do you how do you balance like uh the time requirement for your you know for your chosen profession like like you know you got to skate a certain amount of times and i ask this selfishly because i'm trying to balance it now <laughs> yeah. like I got a fiance. This guy's time I, management is crazy. Yeah, yeah. like I, I'm literally picking your brain for like my uh, hopeful future. Yeah. But like, uh, you know, like you you know you have to be skating X amount of hours in order to keep your shit, to learn new tricks, to keep all these other motherfuckers nipping at your heels at bay. But at the same time, you got a family, you got kids. I don't feel that pressure anymore. With the family or with the- <laughs> No, 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 with the family. No, but we have like, no, that's this was the trick. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. Why, you should try that. Yeah. No, that's still, hey, I'm, well, we, between my wife and I, we have six kids and five are out of the house. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So three are in college, two are just grown ass men. And <laughs> um and so but but to answer your question, that that pressure never ends. Really? We're still helping our kids just be adults, you know, right. to navigate life. Like right. that that never really ends. You keep you stay a parent, even if they're not in the house. But um I don't feel the pressure to be so on point skating because why? But what about early on, like when you were in the midst um, of competition? Yeah, I did, but but I but I just loved it. So that I I was doing it by default. Mm. I wasn't training. Mm. Interesting. I, you know, I just I just loved, I loved creating new tricks. I loved. In fact, when I was competing, I felt like I was stifled because I I couldn't 
go out and try crazy new stuff because I might get hurt or I um, might do something like I might learn a trick and then want to do it the next time at the contest and it's probably too risky at that point. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the fun part of skating was taking it's, – it's kind of similar to stand-up. Like I don't want to give Seinfeld credit for this because he's annoying. <laughs> but like uh, Mark was saying that like Seinfeld said that uh, that he likes skateboarders because they're like comics. And and what was the exact thing? It was like they just keep trying something and it fails almost every time. And <laughs> yeah. then eventually it works. And then it's yeah. a great feeling when it works. Yeah. But I felt that way when I was preparing for for uh, for the special that we just did. I was just like, oh, sometimes I just want to go up and say something. Maybe it fucking bombs and maybe it's good. And then I'll find some new little portal into something else. But when you're trying to lock down every single word. For a special. Exactly. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's yeah. like you can't take that exact risk. Yeah, yeah. It ruins the freedom a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. But even with like family and that kind of stuff, there was never an issue. You're like, yeah, I got to go skate. There was never like, oh, we need to have some time together. Um, I, I probably through the early 2000s, the heydays of, of my video game, I, I, I might have um, chosen skating or events uh, over being a parent. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that didn't bode well um, for relationships either. But um, yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I, I got caught up in it. Did you develop like a good excuse that you might want to share? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, we uh, need it. Yeah, well, you, I do Letterman, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so get on Letterman. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah exactly. That's, that's, it's Just not tell your girl podcast. that. Be like, sorry, babe, I'm skateboarding. It, yeah, yeah, I'm a skateboarder. <laughs> I've learned to prioritize since then. Do you ever just sure. walk her outside, turn around, look at the house and be like, you want me to stay home or you want me to? <laughs> no, never ran that. My girl and I got a big fight last night and during the whole fight, she didn't know that you're coming on today. And I was like, oh, she don't even fucking know what I'm about to drop on her. She don't even, she don't even fucking know. Like, I was a little bit late because I'm preparing and I'm working something like that, and yeah. she's upset that I'm late without knowing why I'm late. And I just subtly threw it out there. I was like, I was like, yeah, listen, I'm sorry. You know, we're preparing. You know, Tony Hawk's coming on tomorrow. And I just saw her like eyes like light up in the middle of the fight. And I was like, yeah, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> you got nothing on me now. They never thought I'd be using ammunition <laughs> like that. The guy from the <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to take a break for a second because I need to save y'all some money on your student loans. Okay. If you want to pay off your student loans faster, you got to listen up to me right now. Ernest was voted best student loan refinancing over. Overall, by nerd wallet. Them nerds know what's going on and know how to keep more money in your wallet. Ernest has some of the lowest rates, flexible payments, and in house team is ready to go to support your ass. With Ernest, you could change your interest rate, get a lower monthly payment, and you never pay fees, not even late fees. By refinancing, you can reduce your loan term, save money, or combine multiple loans into a simple monthly payment. So, with Ernest, it only takes two minutes to see what your new rate could be, and there's no credit impact. Think about that. For two minutes, you could see if you could save money. That seems worth it. And guess what? Ernest is offering our listeners a $100 cash bonus, okay? Refinance your student debt at earnest.com slash flagrant. That's earnest.com slash flagrant, and you're going to get a $100 cash bonus. Remember, it's not available in all states, okay? Once again, you get a $100 cash bonus when you visit earnest.com slash flagrant to refinance your student loan, okay? Visit earnest.com slash flagrant for more details. It's not available in all states. Terms and conditions apply. Earnest student loan refinancing made by Earnest Operations, LLC, NMLS, number 1204917, California Financing Law, license number 6054788535, Mission Street, San Francisco, California, 94105. Visit earnest.com slash licenses for a full list of licenses. Now let's get back to the show. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm always curious about that. Like people have went through 
Well, I, I, I don't. I think you're very humble about it, but I think that what you've well, experienced. Well, I came from a, I came from a world that was largely shunned, and and you were explain, made fun of. Explain that because I don't think <clears throat> even my generation understood the idea that like you were bullied for skateboarding. Like that didn't exist. Oh, absolutely, yeah. By whom? Like I imagine by anyone my age. Really? <laughs> yeah, because because when you, in the in the late '70s, early '80s, skating had been through a fad phase. Okay. So. It was it was like a toy. It was like a frisbee. Like a yeah 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 like a yo yo. Oh, that was it. It was really in a yo yo. Yo yo frisbee. Yeah. yeah, that was it. You skateboards and then and then I saw something else in skateboarding because I I went to, I got to go to the skate park and I was young and I saw people flying around and I was like I want to do that. Yeah. yeah. When I dove into it head first, like that literally head first. <laughs> um, the, the fad was over. Mm. And so when I was walking through high school, especially early, like junior high and high, high yeah. school, skating is like, you still skate? <laughs> oh, it was antiquated. Yeah. It was just like, well, aren't you too old for that? Uh, and I'm 14. It's like a pogo wow. stick or yeah. something. Like Absolutely. Like a yeah. high school playing with pogs. I used to hide my skateboard in the bushes no. before school because if I carried around school, then I was just marked and I would get wow. hassled. And so through those years. And, and then at some point it started to come back around back to the future happened. Uh, back to the future happened and the skating started to get back in the fold. Mm -hmm. And then by then I was sort of in my later years of high school. And so people knew that a pro skater went to their high school, but they couldn't have picked me up. Out of the line. Wow. So here, you, so you're already professional. You're already very successful. Yeah. I was making, I, was making, I, I owned a house when I was a, a senior in high school. That's crazy. Wow. And none of them knew that that's what you were doing. You had to hide it from them. Well, at that it's like well, being gay. At that point. <laughs> back in the day, right? You had to come like, out and be like, hey, mom, I skate. <laughs> <laughs> mom, I ride wood. I, <laughs> no! I used to get, uh, if I, so I do remember carrying my skateboard through the parking lot and a dude yelling skater fag. No. Me, like repeatedly, just like, okay, dude, I get it. Because <laughs> it's, it's a long parking lot. <laughs> yeah, and he's driving through. He's like, <laughs> dude okay but, so uh, but then, no i'm not going to i'm not going to liken my experience to that of someone that, of course yeah. of course of course but it's the same but but yeah no facts it's literally this is feelings no facts yeah but okay so then there's this turn right i remember rollerblading got popular all of a sudden yeah. do you yeah. remember that and then like okay that was more mid 90s so this is already after the so it, when rollerblade yeah so so skateboarding came and went like late 80s okay again more as a fad but but yeah. a little more established yeah and so people were it, it, it i think that people held on to it longer and and that it sort of they love the attitude of yeah, skating yeah, yeah, they love yeah, the sort of diy and that it was different and had all this punk music and stuff yeah, like that yeah, yeah, yeah so so there's a lot of people especially now who skated in those days and they they credit skating for their approach to life. Mm. Mm. My then, doctor, he would 100% say the same thing. Really? But then, but then when it died, when it died, like in popularity again, because all the skate parks were closing, they couldn't afford insurance. And people started taking to the streets, but yeah. it just was less popular. Rollerblading was on the rise. And I credit rollerblading for, for supplementing my income because I got invited as the special guest to a bunch of rollerblade ah, shows. Hilarious. Oh shit. I re yeah, I remember that. So there'd be you know, there'd be like for instance, uh there were um some demos happening, skate exhibitions 
in the parking lot of Six Flags. And it was because of rollerblading. Hmm. And so there was all these pro rollerbladers and they would invite me like, hey, special guest, skateboarder, Tony Hawk. And then Matt Hoffman, special yeah. guest, BMX, BMX rider. Guy, yeah, so yeah. he and I were like the, the outliers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But getting paid so we're like, okay, to ride ramps. Yeah, sign me up. Now, I think some people credit this one almost like dad joke for rollerblading dying. Do you believe that it's true? It's like, what's the hardest part about... <laughs> What is it? What is the joke? What's the hard? Oh yeah, what's the hardest part about rollerblading? Uh, telling your dad you're gay. Yeah, I, think I, I truly do believe that joke killed rollerblading. Do you have it? <laughs> I really, dude, like I because I had rollerblades and I heard that joke once and I looked at him. I was like, I don't want to have to tell my dad yet. <laughs> no, no. Do you think that that joke had anything to do with it, or or why did it just go away? Why did it disappear? Uh, it was a fad. It was that was it. So it was just a fad. Yeah, absolutely. And then rollerblading was long haul. Skateboarding was long. Oh, sorry, sorry. Skateboarding, skateboarding was long. Yeah, I think that when you look at, especially with the X Games, they were throwing everything against the wall. So they had <laughs> yeah, yeah. they had rollerblading, they had rock climbing, they had sky surfing. I remember bungee uh, jumping, the snowboard in the sky where they're doing all. Yeah. that was weird. Yeah. And so then, but those are different than rollerblading. Rollerblading is like a pretty, you're on the ground. Sky surfing is a different well, but thing. But the irony is that rollerblading was, was more close to what we were doing yeah. because it, you use the same ramps. Yeah. yeah. Right? Mm. Um, I saw them as kind of kindred things. Like, yeah. I mean, there was, there was a lot of parallels. Um, I think that the, the funny part is that when I started skating, there were a couple of roller skaters. Oh yeah, skated quads. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, and they really did the kind of tricks we did because they would skate in this um, side. I don't know what it's called, but where they're uh, not they're not going forward like this. They're, right, their feet are like this. Oh so yeah, 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 yeah. And and so they would do make twists and hand plants. Oh and, shit! And, and we're talking about like mid eighties. They were on the oh, vert wow. pipe. Yeah, the vert ramp. Or whatever, yeah, like, on yeah. Roller skates. Yeah, yeah, and and so they they paved the way, I believe, for for the roller blade in like. Rollerblading is a. Oh, you can't say that. <laughs> no, you want to be PC? It's inline skating. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have another word that you can call. It. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I never, I never had that beef or, or that attitude because I was just like, we're all just do our thing. Yeah. And we're all in the half pipe. And- I remember I got caught up in the fad of the inline skating as well, and yeah. then it just became too much of a commitment when you go to do it because you have to what carry I was your sneakers with you. Yeah. Skateboarding is convenient. Pads. It's like a whole yeah. day. You it's can, all day. That's thing. it. It was just convenient. Yeah. 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 And they stunk. The pads smelled so bad. Yeah. Bro, you got to take them off and put on shoes. Skateboarding is like yeah. if I'm going somewhere, take the skateboard, hold the skateboard, I'm done. Dude, I'm I switched. Yeah, shoes. but I, I still wear pads. It's, just, yeah, it's yeah. hard to get that stink out. Dude, I went to Woodward. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Line, yeah, right? and uh, got a huge concussion. <laughs> what you went as a kid? Yeah, to Pennsylvania. Yeah, Pennsylvania. That was the only one back then, uh-huh. right? Yep. And um, I remember I got I got a big concussion, like to the point where like I woke up and I was looking at people looking at me, and I was like, "Yo, what's, what's up with y'all?" Like <laughs> the most new. Sure you've had a few. Yeah. <laughs> How many think you've had? I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Just all Why do y'all get CTE? What's that? Why is it just the football players that are like shooting people and that kind of stuff? There's no like. I've had probably around 30. 30? Yeah. Let's go. 20, somewhere between 20 and 30. Wow. But of, of varying degrees. Right. Oh, so you can have the. Uh, if his know, mood changes on this podcast, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't 
all reach for the gun yeah, behind yeah, you. Yeah. We're tempting you. <laughs> really? Like 30. And are you worried about CTE stuff at all? Uh, yeah, I've, I've studied it and taken tests and stuff. You know. And are you all? I'm doing okay. I, I have, now I'm way out of my element, um, but I know that there is a gene they test for, um, for getting Alzheimer's. Ooh. Or dementia. Yeah. And whatever, you either don't have the gene or you do have it. I, I am a, if you have that gene, then you're more likely to develop CT from concussion uh, because your brain doesn't heal. Mm. I know there's probably a bunch of Nobody armchair to doctors this. out yeah. there. That no neurologists. Like, he doesn't always talk about it. But I did study it enough to know that I, I have the gene that allows my brain to heal itself. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, and then just some people don't. They end up getting that. I don't know if it's as easy as that, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's what was presented to me. Okay, fair enough. Um, and so I feel pretty good about it, but, uh, but I take precautions. Like I, I, I have but helmets since, even since you got hurt. Yeah. I've come along. Really? Yeah. What was the brand? There was one brand. Everybody. Protec. Pro I knew. Yeah, it was Protec. Yeah. And is that still the brand? Protec is still a brand. Um, I, uh, I'm on triple eight. I knew he sponsored. Oh, I remember triple eight. Cool as logo. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <sighs> you know, it's and crazy. I, that yeah. definitely, that helmet has saved my life. Like I don't, I'm not, it's not some pitch that, that without question, really I've hit hard enough where I knew and, and I've hit hard enough to save me from a concussion. So I've hit hard enough in that helmet where I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. Here. Oh, Whoa. Shit. when you said earlier, uh, I'm either landing this trick or I'm going home in a hospital. Uh, hyperbole or or truly felt that way and that oh, was, for sure that's yeah. the commitment every yeah, single yeah, time absolutely really and how do you gear yourself up for that like you just get so in the mode and so committed i think what it is when you taste that it's possible there's no turning back ah once you feel like you almost got like it. oh i uh, yeah there would i mean i know people have seen that video but can, if you yeah, watch can, that video there's a couple of of attempts that i got where i was like oh this is it mm. i i have i'm way closer than i've ever been mm. It's going to happen. And you never landed it prior? Not even close? I got close, yeah. Like stuck it and then what I happened? landed and uh, I landed on the wall and then fell into the flat bottom and uh, uh, broke my rib. Oh, shit. God damn. Um, and I thought that, going back to the X Games, I thought that I was going to do that, that because I, I thought the only time I've ever really almost made this, that's what happened. And so I'll, I'll take that. And then when I did fall forward, I didn't get hurt. And so I had this epiphany that maybe I need to shift my weight mid-spin so I'm leaning backwards. So then on another attempt, I landed and I fell backwards. And that was it. Because uh, that was the moment. Because I remember when yeah. you landed it, you landed it deep in the pipe, but you also like squatted low yeah, on the but, land. Yeah, but the, it was more that, that when I let go of my board, the, the weight distribution, that was the key. So when I, yeah, I, I definitely had to save myself a little bit because it was still a little bit in the backseat, but it was enough to stay on. I mean, that was just, wow. that was crazy that you were able to stay on. Like at that yeah, point. Well, I've, had, I've had years of, we call it the squat. I, I've learned to, to squat in desperate situations mm. and not a lot of skaters can do that. Mm. Because also you're 6'4". 6'3", yeah. 6'3", okay, mm -hmm. so it's like, it's not like, there's certain guys that are like, they're like 5'4", whatever like that, and doing a squat is nothing, it's... It's more in the legs, like, I, there's, I know there's a handful of skaters that have the squat, and they are all shapes and sizes. Interesting. And uh, if you can't do it, it's more that you can't 
get your knees to bend that far. Yeah. And a lot of skaters would be like, if I had squatted, like I'm definitely tearing my ACL yeah, or I'm shooting out. And so um, it's, it's a gift and a curse though. Cause sometimes you do it when it's not necessary and it's so ugly. all right guys we're gonna take a break for a second because i gotta tell you how you can score one of these fucking dope waifus with the badass anime bitch on the front super heavies right with the fat coochie and the fat bubble okay these things they go for like 200 400 dollars on uh, ebay but you could get them from gamer subs gamer subs has got your back you like playing video games shit you like staying awake staying focused gamer subs has got your motherfucking back that's gamer subs okay s-u-p-p-s i'm telling you this is how you're gonna stay focused this is how you're gonna kill it when you are playing them games and doing whatever the fuck that you need to do for that f- for that uh you know for that focus right i don't care if it's your job but if playing video games is your job then this is the motherfucking drink you should be drinking okay now i know you're wondering if it's unhealthy no it's not it's keto friendly zero calories okay zero sugar it's got organic caffeine so it maximizes energy and endurance none of those fillers and has six of the body's most crucial vitamins and minerals right tons of electrolytes so it's going to keep you hydrated so this is what you're going to do gamer subs gg's formula is unbelievable you don't get that chalky fucking aftertaste all right that's absolutely disgusting and you decide how much you put into it it's very cost effective it's coming up to 35 cents a serving that is so much cheaper than those other uh, energy drinks i mean so much a fraction of the price so you're getting the best value you're getting the best thing for you this is an absolute no brainer so go to gamersubs.gg and use the code flagrant at checkout and get 10 percent off your order and pick up one of them waifus that's g-a-m-e-r-s-u-p-p-s dot g-g Make sure you stay awake. Make sure you stay focused with gamer subs. Now let's get back to the show. I always wonder about that day, like for you. Like, was there anything about that day that people don't know? Like, are you like, are you going, I'm going to make history today? Or, <laughs> no. you know what I mean? Like, that, I, I think the misconception is that there's definitely, there, there, there are, um, there's a lot of folklore about that. But what is the craziest thing you've heard that is just not true? Oh, well, there's this, there's this whole narrative from someone that, I planned the whole thing. I kept other skaters out of it. It was, you know, everything was leading towards that moment. And and if you really look at the history of skating, in that year, there were best trick events in other events. Yeah. And I was trying 900s. Other skaters were trying 900s. We couldn't do it. But I never, I never relied on that. So I always had a, a strategy where where I would have a trick in mind that I knew would probably place well that I haven't done or or that I've only done a couple of times. And that was my strategy for the best tricks. So when we went to the X Games, they they chose the people who had done well in all the best trick events. So anyone that didn't place, maybe was just trying 900, didn't make it, they weren't chosen. Oh. Because they weren't placing well. You got to land something. You got to yeah. put some you land on something, the board. Right. But also, in the, um, when it came to the X Games, it, the, the best trick events, I think that, that's the, the misperception is that they were just afterthoughts. It was like, we're going to have the contest and, and the contest happened and that was the big event. Now let's and move around. You guys you got 20 minutes, try stuff. Yeah. And it was just a bail fest and people weren't even sticking around for it mm-hmm. because maybe you saw one or two tricks landed, but yeah. it was only for the, the hardcore skaters. So when, when they did X Games, our attitude was the same. It was like, oh, they're not even going to air it. <laughs> because we're just going to be falling and so going into it i had one trick in mind um which was a varial 720 so it's a 720 spin with my body 
and then I turn my board an extra 180. So basically, my board is a 900, and my body is a 720. Right. That was literally my best trick. I had done it once before, and I didn't know if I could even make it in that time limit. Right. I made it like 10 minutes in, and then that, that was it. Like, so I, you had one in the bag. That was my best trick. Now it's time to have fun. Mm. Well, I didn't even have a plan. Yeah. <laughs> and the, yeah. the announcer, uh, Dave Duncan, who I love, still is announcing uh, skate events. He's, he's like, oh, okay, maybe we're going to see that 900. And so I, I, I thought, all right, I'll try one for the crowd. It was yeah. more like, oh, here's, here's what it looks like. Here's an attempt. Yeah. And then after, I think, my second or third attempt, it was really consistent. And I was spotting the landing. And I, was, I thought, well, I'll just try to land it and break a rib again. So what? That was it. That That's was my the attitude. craziest mindset to me. Yeah. If I break a rib again, so what? There's like, I a, mean, if you're ever yeah. gonna, you're gonna land something or try something, it's in that moment. Yeah. yeah, it's it's the most widely, the biggest, the biggest venue we've ever had, uh-huh. the biggest viewership, and not in viewership, just more like the most excitement. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And no one had built. I mean, I, I heard my friend say recently, like, yeah, I was always bummed that that ESPN got that. And it wasn't like in a skate, skate only event. Mm. And I said, well, at that time, no one could have afforded to build a ramp. That <laughs> like that was the best ramp that we ever had. Yeah. And that's, uh, I credit that as much as anything. Yeah. And what was so specific about it? It was just built really well. It was really solid. They had the money and the means. And so the, when you, back then, when you skate uh, wooden ramps, homemade ramps, there was a lot of flaws. There were, you know, one wall was this. One oh, wall really? Was, yeah, or the coping was bad. or you know, So you had to find the pockets of the ramp that were good. And that was mm-hmm. more of what you spent your time doing, um, was making the ramp work for you. And then this ramp was like... Perfection. Yeah, it, it's as perfect as it could be back then. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Like you hear that with uh, basketball, like the, there's dead spots in the Boston like, Garden. Yeah, back the old the Garden. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, and there would force like Celtics defenders would force players there to get steals. Yeah. There's just like old wood or stuff that has to put down. <laughs> and like, you don't even think about that a billion dollar business that that could exist like in these yeah. areas. But I guess, especially if you're doing these like local events back in the day, there's, they just got to hire somebody. Everything was terrible. Home. So we, we just made it work. Yeah. And now I, now I have what I consider a perfect, ramp, <laughs> which is, which actually makes it hard for because when I go out and skate other oh, stuff, uh, like, oh man, everything yeah. is a struggle. And, and I was just used to trash before. Right. And then you became awesome because you were working on the worst shit. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Why do you have that gap in your ramp? Uh, uh, because it was originally for, um, it, that ramp was for the Huck Jam. The, and so- what? Huck Jam was my tour that I told yeah, you about. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, ramp yeah, was yeah, built yeah. for that. Okay. And so we had a, a big ramp. It was, I think, about 30 feet high that would go through that gap. And then we would jump the whole length uh, of it. Wow. Oh, shit. So that's what that's what it was. Okay. And then you just kept the gap. Yeah. I mean, it, it poses its function. I mean, it looks crazy on video. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it looks terrifying. It, it, uh, it, it, it can go horribly wrong. Have you seen yeah. somebody... Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Have you ever? Yeah. No. I I know exactly where to be, where to like there's there's a certain <clears throat> there's a certain angle 
to getting over it. And if yeah. you're on that angle, even if you're going to fall, you're going to you make it to the other side. Yeah. yeah. It's more that, that people who don't skate the ramp that much and they don't realize the, the opposing wall, what they're doing. I've seen people just no. go through it. Like where, where <laughs> you know, they come up they're like, oh, there's no wall. And they just... <laughs> <laughs> there's a, uh, do, you, do you remember the, the skier? His name was Bodie Miller. Yeah. yeah. He said something once and it kind of like blew my mind a little bit. And he was like, um, I'm not better than these guys skill wise, but I'm willing to take more risk. And the guy kind of like pushed him on it. He goes like, I I'm going to take a harder line and I'm going to put my life on the line more than the average person will. And uh, I always wonder like how much of that like is how much of that lends itself to the success of somebody who's doing these these extreme sports. Like, do you know certain guys that are more skilled but they just don't have the balls you don't have to say their names but like do you ever look at certain guys um, like, man if he would really throw it he could be yeah sure you see it a lot and, and it's hard to be on the sidelines wanting to push them into it mm. Mm. like yeah. you can't be more excited for someone's career than they are yeah mm. um but but a lot of but often i'll see something and 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 sort of help someone unlock it because oh. I can see that they would be capable of this and they're just not really pushing it or haven't even thought, oh, maybe I could take it this other way. And I've definitely helped a few people get to a certain trick or a certain technique because they just didn't see it in themselves. Hmm. Um, but other times I've seen, I've seen like the most raw talent go to waste. Just because they didn't have the... Just don't, they just don't have the drive. Yeah, man. It's, yeah, it's just, it's kind of crazy. You need to be able to risk it. It's a... It's just something you can't see. Like I, I, I have often used an example. Uh, <clears throat> Lizzie Armanto, who's on our team, she's an awesome uh, old skater. She skates birds sometimes, um, but she did she did our full loop ramp. Yeah, so that, yeah, mm. yeah. And that the, her approach and the way that the way that she ended up doing it, she tried. I mean. Usually when we do it, it's this whole production. We've got all these pads, learn in the pads, and then we start removing pads as you get closer. When, when, when she finally was ready for it and there were no pads, she ended up falling like four or five times, hmm. but managed to, to get out, yeah. get out of these falls. Like, like she, there's, a, there's a photo of her knee sliding at 12 o'clock. Wow. So <clears throat> upside down fully. Fully upside down. Wow. Off her board and then sliding around. And... Any one of her falls would have would have driven someone away. Like, mm. I'm not doing this. This is too gnarly. She just kept and 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 yes, we're giving her pointers along the way. Those of us who've done it, but yeah. at some point, it's on her. Yeah. And and I try to tell people that like you cannot teach that kind of grit or so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just she just has that. Yeah. And I feel like there's a certain faction of skaters they just have that. It doesn't matter what. It doesn't matter what how they were guided through it, it just came with it. Yeah. Yeah. There is that, like, I don't want to call it like, uh, insanity, but like that drive that the greats have, it exists in the same way, but you really need it. Like you can get by with like good fundamentals in a sport. That's not as dangerous. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a guy with really good fundamentals and enough size can exist in the NBA and he can have some mid-level contracts for a while. Like they can, you can just six, nine, you're going to be in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, but if you actually want to be one of the greats, you have to have that fucking killer thing. Yeah, man. it's crazy. Yeah. Have you seen the video of Nigel Houston doing the grind on the freeway? 
or like yeah, he'll, yeah, he'll yeah. grind on like his balcony, yeah, like overlooking like a thirty story drop. Oh yeah, and he'll just like ollie pop up fifty fifty, then jump off. Just yeah, insane. I mean that, that's the least of his skills. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But the but the being able to overcome the fear of like looking out. Yeah, if I fall, I freeway, die. Yeah, like, it's like yeah. the free climbing yeah, guy. What's crazy. his name? Alex. Oh yeah, Honnold. Alex Honnold. Yeah. You know, just do you think you have some of that? Maybe. Like yeah, like, I, I, I jumped a I jumped between two seven story buildings. <laughs> downtown LA and wow. I never I never imagined that it wasn't going to work. You know, th- I think that's what it is. When you when you're in when you're in that kind of mode and you're and you're presented with that sort of yeah. stunt or yeah. or challenge, you never think like oh this could all go terrible because that's what that's what's <laughs> going to happen. That's the only thing I think. Yeah. <laughs> what about that? What does that say about me? Yeah. The only thing I think is, that's why you weren't there that day, jumping yeah. in with me. Yeah, there you go. One hundred percent. I'll be on the elevator. But do you th- do you think about that when you're on stage? Like, on stage, know. beforehand, I definitely think about it. Really? You know, when you're up there, you, you can't really think about. Yeah, you're too just much. so locked in in yeah. that moment. Yeah. It's like when they say if you if you're driving a race car, wherever your eyes go, that's where you're gonna go. Yeah. Yeah. When you're when you're skating, you think like, oh my god, what if I. What if I sketch out? What if I? That's what if I don't grab? That's, that's what happened. It's almost liberating for me before I get on stage to be like, yeah, I might bomb. Or let's hope I don't bomb or something, just to like acknowledge the thing. And then it's like, all right, well, if it happens, it happens. You keep going, mm. but that's it. Like I'll say to people if they're like, hey, yeah, great, I'm looking for. I hope I don't bomb. And then I just say it to everybody, like, hey, this could happen. Let's just go do it. Interesting. It's weird. It makes me. It takes it. I think it's more when people go down the rabbit hole of visualizing what does that look like. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the just, bombing and the, the yeah. embarrassment, the heat. Yeah, me saying yeah. it just like okay, sweat acknowledge it. Now it's back. done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh boy, sweat boy. Uh, Sounds like Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. Really, it is. Yeah, bombing is a physical experience. It really in terms is of like your body. Like I, I would distinctly remember like drips of sweat rolling down my back. Yes, at dude. bad bombs. Yes, and like it. It you was can so quiet. I was like, "Can they hear the sweat dripping?" Down? <laughs> like, when the bomb, fuck. when the bomb first starts, and you feel it here, yeah, and then you're like, "Ah, oh, shit! Here it comes down the back." I know it's coming, <laughs> I know it's coming. dude. Dude, I, I mean, I've told this story before, but like that, my my worst bombs. I remember the sound. I distinctly remember uh, the fish restaurant. They were frying shrimp. Yep, <laughs> and I knew it was shrimp because I heard the person order it. <laughs> I heard the person at the table order it, and I was like, "Man, I'm doing bad. I can hear the orders in this room." And then I literally heard the fish dropped into the fryer. Another shrimp dropped into the fryer. I was like, "What is happening right now? Like, <laughs> does somebody make any sound?" It was that, and then I would hear uh, drinks blended. Oh yeah, some worst. clubs have the blender like on the premises. Like, why would you even offer that? Right? But I, I just remember hearing ice being crushed, and I'm like, "Hey, what do you guys think about this thing?" And then nothing. And then did you hear them signing your, their check? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ballpoint yeah. pen. On the paper. What is twenty <laughs> percent? How can we get out of here quicker? Oh, it feels dumb telling a bomb to, to Tony because it's like, yeah, your ribs are broken. Bomb, like, you yeah. black out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, your ribs broken. I, I woke up in the hospital, but definitely have off days of skating where yeah. I'm not performing to what I thought I was capable of. And yeah. that is, it feels the same. Oh, interesting. Oh, why couldn't I just do that? And then <laughs> I usually have to, I end up having to uh, try to compensate. Like, what do you do? I'll just like, okay, I'm going to try something super hard and keep it that just so like they, so that I perform something for them. Yeah. So you give them some good shit. Yeah. That reminds me of something I read when I was obviously researching for this interview. You were like, used to take failure really badly. Oh yeah. How did you get over that? 
Um, like, I read any failure. Like you struck out, and they said you struck out in a baseball game as a kid, and you had to like your dad had to like go get you hide in the somewhere. canyon. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. how, how did you get over? Uh, that? Some guy just following you. They're like skater fat. I was playing baseball. I think it was more that because I found skating, it was on my own terms, mm. and that's that was the that was the advantage because I hated letting down the team. Right. Oh, so and I hated you down. Or or that that I did well and the team sucked. Yeah. And then yeah. we lost. Like that, that I couldn't connect that. And so when I found skating, it was just on my terms, in my own style, and that and I was still part of the community and I could still and, compete. And so I think that was that was the key. But um definitely I I I think probably what I can only attribute to my longevity is that even when I did my best or even when I skated well and maybe even won the event, I wasn't happy. Hmm. Really? Because it wasn't my best. Hmm. And that that's what Stacy Peralta, who oh, yeah. ended up putting me on the Bones Brigade team, that's what he said he saw in me. It's just like, I saw this kid that was doing these incredible tricks and just walking out of the pool pissed. Right. <laughs> and that was it. It was just more like I, ha- I had this expectation of myself and that, that's all that matters. Right. But how do you find joy in that if you're always feeling disappointed? I don't why you live up to your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> Three days. You had the 900. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that was unexpected. I think at some point I just, I stopped being so, so harsh. And it was just, I, I learned to enjoy the ride. Right. Was that Did- before or after $100 million? I'm just curious. <laughs> 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 Wait. Where's our hundred million dollars? <laughs> we need everything it. is before that. Until I see that, dude, we don't know. What we you are made living off in the three hundred million dollars. I've phase. looked up his net worth. If if they said that you made five hundred million dollars off the video game alone, I I would believe it. I don't know how much money video games. Yeah, make. Not, he already said he got half a million dollars. You got half a million. You got the buyout for half a million. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's what I haven't. I haven't told anyone. You should, I took it and that was it. Bro. Listen, if, if you that's can, what really happened. If you, you can fly somebody. to New York just to see Neil Brennan, you got money. <laughs> <laughs> I love Neil. I'm going to take Uber to see Neil. <laughs> Yo, that's true. All right, guys, we're going to take a break for a second because I got to make sure that you guys are making the most money possible when you're gambling. And the way that we do that is with mybookie.ag. Why is that? Because they're giving away money. Yeah, they're matching your initial deposit bonus up to $1,000. That means you put up to $1,000 into my bookie, they're adding that $1,000, okay? All you got to do is make sure you use the promo code FLAGRANT, okay? Use that promo code FLAGRANT at mybookie.ag, and they're going to match that money. You can go gamble that shit. We got tons of shit to gamble on. Football, basketball, UFC. It is endless. Tons of bets that you go put on there. And now you got ways to make even more money. Don't say we never did nothing for you. That's mybookie.ag. Make sure you use that promo code flagrant so you can get all the money that you fucking deserve. Best of luck out there. Okay. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, is it, it do you notice like uh like if you pull up at the park, like like everybody starts busting out their biggest shit? Um like do you cause more injuries? <laughs> How much CTE do you call? I that used to be the case when it was more that I was I was competing and you know considered, um, but nowadays it's it's more that it's not that they're trying to outdo you. It's that they want you to notice because they want they want you to think they're cool. Yeah, or yeah. to like that's their big break. Oh, uh, you could sponsor them. Yeah, you could do this. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that yeah, happens yeah, yeah. sometimes. 
But uh, for the most part, it's just more camaraderie. It's, it's fun. Yeah. Um, like last time I was here, I was skating with the locals uh, at that park in Brooklyn and um, helping this one girl uh, roll into the vert ramp. Like that. that's kind of more the vibe now. Yeah. I guess I'm just elder. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's wild to see how many girls are skating now. It's great. It's awesome. When I was young, girls did not skateboard. No, not at all. Like none. And now it, I've seen girls do it as like um, – a hobby um absolutely and and they have crews yeah it's pretty crazy yeah there's, there's a bunch of crews here actually in the city really mm -hmm. yeah now when did you see the movie kids yeah when they beat the shit out of that guy with the skateboards mm -hmm. in that scene was there a little were you like okay finally <laughs> like, did you picture that guy yeah. yelling at you in the parking yeah, lot yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no that was rough because uh, even as a skater, that was that was rough. It was rough, but like that's what I imagined what would happen if you made fun of skaters. So I never <laughs> understood the bully thing. Because huh. I grew up on I grew up on Astor Place in a city where all those guys would skate. Right, like uh, the guy Hunter, I think his name was. Yep. Uh, Harold Hunter. Yeah, Harold Hunter, yep. and like a bunch of those guys. So I would see. It was really weird to like see them in that scene because they were pretty friendly when I would see them outside of my apartment, <laughs> and then uh, when they just massacred that guy in the middle of like Washington Square Park. Yeah, for, for context, Andrew really loved Joker too. So yeah, I really like, liked the movie. Okay, yeah, but I don't, I don't, people. It was that's good. just yeah, not yeah. They, yeah. vengeance. <laughs> yeah, he hated the ending where he blamed it on mental health. He's like, no, just kill people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's called payback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I of course there's there's always gonna be bad seeds, but I, I don't see skaters like that at all. Yeah. Um I think that some have become hardened because they have to advocate for themselves because they're always getting kicked out of places. Mm. So that's when they're just like, no, nah, not leaving. You know, and, and I don't imagine most of them starting fights like that, but yeah. It definitely can can be uh combative. Mm. Speak sorry, speaking of getting kicked out of places. My cousin was a big rollerblader, wanted me to ask you, what's your relationship with cops now and what was it then? Because it's tough for you guys, I assume, to do it. Yeah, you I, do. but see, I'm more of a ramp skater. I'm ski usually skating in designated areas, right. skate parks, ramps. So I, I had my share of that. Like I, I got ticketed. I've gotten, um, <laughs> we, got, we got sent down to the station one time. Yeah. Skating on the boardwalk. Yeah. Wait, really? They yeah. arrested you? Uh, yes. It's, yeah. This is the closest a white guy can be to being black. <laughs> um, but I, but but I definitely had my share of, especially when I started Birdhouse and, and we were just out out in the wild shooting video. We had plenty of times we were getting kicked out, mostly security guards, but every once in a while it's a cop. Yeah. Um, but I live in a very strange realm now where cops recognize me. Yeah, mm. yeah. and they're hyped. Oh, that's cool. And, yeah, man, go for it. Yeah. Do, do a kickflip. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, yeah. And, and so I get a pass, and it's it's weird to 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 come to that. And, and but also, I know if he sees another skater, mm. he's not going to encourage him. Right. Uh, so, right. a little unfair treatment. Yes, I think it's okay. It's it's well earned. Yeah, <laughs> it's not white privilege. It's I don't know. It's, it's goat What is that? Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Yeah. That's wild. And when you came up, like I know most, a lot of skaters probably look at you as like, yeah, that's the goat. But when you were coming up, what were the skaters that you, or who were the skaters that you really idolized? That you were like, oh, this guy's got it. Um, when I first started, it was, uh, well, firstly, Eddie Algera was, I thought the most innovative skater at the time who created a bunch of tricks. And those are the tricks I wanted to learn. 
Was he one of the guys featured in the documentary, The Dogtown? Uh, I don't think he was in that, but um, no, because his his era was right after Dogtown. Okay. So he started skating in that time frame, but then when that, like, basically he was the, he was in the right place at the wrong time. Mm. He was the best skater when skating was just at a lull. Mm. And I thought, I was watching and I was like, and all his tricks, mm. Eddie Algera does. Um, and then Steve Cavallaro, because he was around my age and around my, I was super small and he was super small and he was blasting. I mean, he's the reason that I ever learned how to do this because I saw a photo of him doing this giant aerial when he was probably 13 or 14 and he was super small. He had, he had uh, elbow pads on his knees <laughs> and I used to do that because I was that small and I was like, that's it. If he can do that, I want to. And this is when you're getting over the lip of these pools that you were skating. Well, he was. Yeah, that's Eddie Algera, Frontside Rock right there. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. Six, that was the first. So the first difficult trick I ever learned was that trick. And they moved me up a class competition because I could do that trick. I couldn't do any other tricks. <laughs> but because I could do Frontside Rocks, they're like, that kid's not in 2A. He does Frontside Rocks. Put him in 3A. Uh, and then getting outside of the pool. So he's the first person that starts to... Uh, no, I mean that was it. like more the Dogtown. It was just it was more that that the aerial had already come into play. Yeah, but it was more that I saw Steve Cavallaro as this because all the guys would say they seemed so much. They were maybe four years older than us. But yeah, that seems like a huge discrepancy. Yeah, and so when Cab was doing these eras, I was like, want to do what he's doing? Yeah, I'll fly like that. Yeah, and then crazy. I learned I learned how to do it, but I didn't have the weight to. Bring me Tell up in yourself, the air. Yeah. So I learned how to ollie into my aerials. And that was not how people did it then. So you're ollieing at the end of the lip. I'm ollieing at the end of the lip and then grabbing my board when I get to the peak. And no one did that then. And now I just did it because I was desperate to get in the air. And that's the only way I could figure it out. And I mean, that became the standard of how to do aerials. Anyone you see, like if you see someone doing tricks over a gap or you see them on like they, they ollie into the air and then grab their board. Because hmm. that's how you get more air. But when I started doing it, it was considered a circus trick. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Are you just bringing up photos of... Wow. Look up Steve Caballero Winchester. What's that? That's the photo that I was trying to explain. It was little. I wanted to that's crazy. <laughs> and now, do you look at the new school of skaters, and are you just blown away by? I'm blown. Because awesome. I saw you working with a kid that just busted out the 900. I, he was like, how old? Like 10 or something? 12. Is like yeah. now young young guys can can do the crazy tricks. Yeah, I think it's because well they have the resources now, but mm -hmm. also there's an element to when you're trying to do something new. If you know it's possible, if you yeah. know it's been done, it's way easier to get. To. Mm -hmm. There's a phenomenon I forget the name of it. What is it called? It's like the guy that ran the five four, minute four minute mile. Four minute mile. Yeah, yeah. Right. see something. Like he actually, it's it's. I mean, not to get into the whole like visualize thing, but like literally his strategy was I'm going to visualize exactly how I'm going to do it. And then it becomes attainable. And then he fucking did it. But uh, and then this happens throughout history. There's like yeah. one guy who ends up doing it or girl who ends up doing the thing. And then all of a sudden it doesn't seem like the most shocking thing. I think it happened four minute miles. Like one person broke yeah, it that's exactly and then immediately in the next yeah, year. Well, the, so there there had been this this chase for 900s that, that happened over the course of almost 10 years. And there were only a handful of us that, that were even really trying it and getting close. And then after I made it, uh, Sandro Diaz did one a month later in Brazil. Mm. Giorgio Satoni did one in Italy, like uh, two months after that. 
it just started it just started now did happening. you did you share with them what you learned were you like hey you got to lean back a little bit and then no they they both had different techniques but they'd both been trying it huh. it was more that that they saw that it could be done did you visualize did you were you doing any of this stuff or were you just like yeah hey, i'll just keep trying i was until i broke my rib okay mm. I was I was obsessed with it. That's all I would do. I'd go go skate and just try that. And when I when I finally did what I thought had all the elements to it, and ended up falling and breaking my rib, I was like, maybe I can't do it. Mm. So you almost thought it might not happen. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, even even leading up to the X Games, I kind of gave up on because I was just like, I already given my all, fucking paid the price. So that announcer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dave Duncan. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Duncan. That's man. wild. Where's his points on the video game? That's yeah, what I need exactly. to know. Exactly. Yeah, you got to add him. <laughs> now, I know like your it's kid. Funny. Was... Actually, he, he was at, uh, there was this backyard skate event a couple months ago. And Christian Osoy was there. Uh, Christian Osoy is, is a legendary skater from the 80s. Okay. He was basically my rival in the 80s. Okay. okay. Like, he represented air and style and okay. I represented tricks. And okay. people had to choose sides. Okay. That was very much like the really? thread of, of our relationship. Yeah. No, I mean, we were friends, but but in terms of fans. The PR like, and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't, you didn't Ronaldo like. Ronaldo and Messi. You did not yeah. like Christian Osoy and Tony Hawk. You had one or the other. Wow. Yeah. Um, but we were skating and they had a legends division. So Christian and I are skating in this legends division. And Dave Duncan is the announcer and he's like, why don't we see some doubles from you guys? <laughs> <laughs> and both you and I looked at each other. We'd never done doubles before. Yeah, that's right. It was you and McDonald. Was Andy McDonald's? Oh, he I and I, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you guys would do yeah. the doubles. Yeah, but yeah. but even just for a like for a video or a photo or something. And so he and I just whipped something up and ended up getting a photo of it. And now we're selling that for charity. You Dude, can get it right now. <laughs> where do TonyHawk.com. Where do they get it? TonyHawk.com. There we go. This guy is your guardian angel, dude. But isn't, I just I just remember that like, oh, and, and it's because he said, yeah, you guys should do doubles. And now it's like it became a fundraiser for the skateboard project. Wow. Oh, I changed the world. Double D. Was there ever a time where like you when you really started popping on like McDonald's and like the big brands are coming like the Fortune 500? Was there ever a time where the community was uh, felt like you were leaving them? Uh, no, it was more not leaving them, but just more. There, there was just a sellout. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, I think that the, the that started with Bagel Bites. I had a big promotion with Bagel Bites yeah. in 1998. Damn Bagel Bites. Shout out Bagel Bites. I still have my freezer. <laughs> you do? Okay, got Yeah, Real you know who else had them in the freezer? Too. Everybody was hating on you for doing <laughs> the fucking Bagel Bites. Bites. Yeah. yeah. But that was that was the moment when people thought, okay, this is not skateboarding. Don't eat bagels. <laughs> yeah, like you're selling out. Yeah. And, and and somehow they thought that I I didn't have a value system. and What did they know, think sponsorship was? They're all sponsored. Well, Every pro to, to everyone else, it, was, it had to be endemic. So it had to be a skate brand. Uh, okay. Skate shoes. Thank you for defining yeah, that. I was, no I, I was guessing. You were way yeah. too smart Jeez. for us on that one right there. <laughs> endemic? I, I didn't understand what the fuck <laughs> we were talking about. For a <laughs> That's what's going on. Yeah, yeah, I don't want a pandemic sponsorship. <laughs> Not enough of those. Um, and so when when I did a big promotion, it was like, it was like, how could you? And he was like, well, how could I? It, I I've been skating and professionally since I was 14. If, if I had gotten a, the opportunity to do that when I was 14 or 18 or when I had a kid when I was 24, like, sign me up. Yeah. yeah. I, 
I eat bagel bites. Yeah. <laughs> I eat McDonald's. Yeah. You know, I'm not changing how I view the world or my value yeah. system for money. It's just more like, yeah, now I, and now I get to use their marketing money to promote skateboarding. That's yeah. really how I saw it. Yeah. And a lot of people think that that's like a cop out, but that is absolutely the truth. Yeah. Because I had, I had final control over how skateboarding was presented in those, in those um, advertisements. Oh, really? And so I knew that we're going to reach a new audience. So you've always had this thing where like you want to be an ambassador for the sport. I think that, that that's where it's yeah. that's where it started. Interesting. Because it was like, oh, this is, you know, with great, great power and great responsibility. But I but this is an opportunity to really show skateboarding for what it is and not just what they see on X Games or in movies. Yeah. Um, and I got to do that I, I, again and again. I got to do it with Bagel Bice and uh, McDonald's and car manufacturers. Um, and and also now, I, I, whenever I do any kind of promotion like that, there's a caveat that they have to donate to hmm. the foundation, skate park projects. So I'm literally helping build, they're helping build more skate parks. This is, this is interesting. Like, right. I think a lot of times that when people reach, you know, high, high, high levels of success, and uh, there isn't this feeling that they're like giving back to the thing that helped them reach the success, there is some animosity from those who don't have that success, right? And because it feels like, oh, you're just using this thing so you can extract as much resources as you possibly can from the world. And I think it's, it's, I mean, you're doing this because it's genuine, but I think those people who feel like a responsibility to continue to like spread the game, if it's basketball, fucking soccer, skateboarding, stand up, whatever it is, like if you feel responsibility to like keep kind of pushing it, it's really hard to be critical. It's like you use this thing to gain wealth and now you're giving back to this thing so other people can hopefully use it to gain wealth. Um, yeah. And, and also, but I guess it's more that I just, I've come so far in it. Yeah. And, and I, I hopefully have proved myself to still be <laughs> committed to skateboarding. Yeah. Um, and the good of skateboarding and, but all I'm I still to this day, I mean, no matter what I'm doing, it's like, Oh my God, selling out. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe that's the only thing they have on you. Cause they can't come for you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like they can't come for, like there's certain dudes like, like we always bring up like David Beckham in this, like David Beckham was more famous than he was uh, six. He was more famous than he was good at the sport, even though he was amazing at the sport. He was like super high level, but they were better guys than him. Yeah. Right. You don't fall in the same category. Like you were the best at your thing and you were famous. Yeah. But I feel like anytime there's somebody who is really famous, but they're not the best, there's this like hate from the community. It's like someone else should kind of be there. But I don't understand oh, what they yeah, yeah, you for. That, that, that too. Well, also, but but in my case, because I, I have such a, I, I skate this very specific discipline that is ramp, bird skating. It's more like, why do people think that guy's the best? Uh, he can't even. Oh, because they're looking at like a. They're looking at some double set handrail or, you know, or, or like the most tech flip trick on the ground. They're just like, Tony Hawk can't do that. Mm. And they're right. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever think when you were younger, you were like, should I just stunt on these motherfuckers and sure. just learn how to do skate better than all of them? Because you have the discipline. Um, I did. I did. Went, I went through my street phase. Um, but at some point, started rolling my ankles frequently eee. and doing for, and rolling them on tricks that weren't groundbreaking. And then I just thought, if I'm really going to continue to skate, I got to 
somewhat stay in my lane over here because mm. I, I know how to skate ramps. I know how to fall. I'm still innovative in this, in this realm yeah. and I'm just going to stay over there. And that really was, was the key to my longevity was just doing that. Yeah. Mm. So you were able to remove yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And also I just knew that yeah. my street skating didn't look great. <laughs> it wasn't breaking ground. It was just more like, you're just doing it to say you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. You're killing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting though. Like your size, I feel like makes the tricks look so much cooler on the, on the ramp. Like, cause I think shorter people, the spins don't look as fantastic. Hmm. Like for me, I don't know. Like when I see like a taller person that's like lanky spinning, it just seems like a much bigger thing is happening. Yeah, but also there's this, this sort of stork element to it. <laughs> you can't fall. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, skating is so much about style. And so I think yeah. I, I have a more critical eye to all that stuff. I think, I've, I think my style has improved. Right. right. Where it's, it's not as jerky and it's not as, as wild. Mm. Um, because I just honed in on, on these tricks. Try to do them in the best way I can. And make them look cute. <laughs> make them look cute. Um, guys, any more questions for the GOAT? Um, you were let you get out a of here. commentator for the Olympics. How was that? Any like cool stories from that? What's um, Olympic Village like? Is it a yeah. fuck fest? I heard it's just... I did not go to the village because of the COVID restrictions. Oh, that's right. Uh, basically, I had to only be in my hotel yeah. or at the venue. And there was an app you had to install that tracks your movements. Yeah, that's called a wife. That's the app. It was full on. It was full on. Um, but I, but also I, I felt very lucky to be there because the, the skaters, their families couldn't even go watch. Yeah, there's no spectators. Yeah, and I'm just free roaming. Yeah, I mean, I went, I went to the venue. I was pretty much the first one to skate the park course. No, yeah, because the park skaters weren't there yet. They were coming in the next uh, week because everybody comes in for their event and then yeah. they go. They're not there for the yeah, whole Yeah, so Olympics. I came in and the street the street area is right next to the park and I roll in with my skateboard. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting it. Just go in and start skating. Hmm. It was more about asking forgiveness than permission at yeah. that point. Yeah. I did get kicked off the street course though. No. <laughs> yeah. Somebody had to kick Tony Hawk yeah. off yeah. of a he, skateboard. It was funny. The, the announcer came over because <clears throat> I was shooting I was shooting the warm up and I was doing like you could you could stand on the side and, and shoot video, um, but I was actually following people uh, through the course uh, with, with their permission, the, yeah. the skaters. Yeah. But then at some point, someone saw me on the camera. It went up to the tower. Like, what the fuck's he doing? <laughs> so, so who's the guy that has to the come dude? Up? It was it was this uh, French dude that was doing the, the announcing just for the venue. It's yeah. Like, Tony Hawk, please get off the street. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> I get kicked off stuff all the time. It's oh, great. Wow. Mark? Well, I'm curious. Two things. One, uh, how was the experience of skating with your kids? Like once they were able to skate, did oh, you so encourage fun, yeah. them to... All of our kids skate. Yeah. Wow. In fact, when we go travel, the first order of business is finding the skate parks in the area. Not because I want to. Right. But because they want to. And then I just become their filmer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That is down, absolutely dude. the dynamic yeah. of, of how we how we travel. Um, wow. Even here, like when when Supreme built the bowl in Brooklyn, the, uh, as soon as we got to New York, they're like, "Can we go skate the Brooklyn? Can we go skate Supreme?" Like, I guess I'll find out who runs the place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that's um, and uh, I think the fun thing for me is that 
not everyone, but so many people skate now that it's more common that they do that they don't. Mm. And so to see them living in an era where it's like all their friends skate or, yeah. or they know skating or they're down with it is really fun to right. see. And in fact, I'm more like... Now non-skaters are the f***. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bleep it, buddy, don't worry. But the funny thing about the kids is that, all, like, this happens a lot. All, with, most of them are out of the house now, but when they were living there and, and their friends would come over, who all skate too, they'd all be downstairs, like, arguing about the origins of some trick, you right. know, name and this. And I'd come into the kitchen, like, to get a drink or something, and I'm just like, do you guys want the answer? <laughs> I was there when it happened. I named it. <laughs> that's you. And they're just like, I'm just the dad. Yeah. They're just like, wow. Uh, that's wild. Don't give us your, don't tell us about your old school stuff. Yeah. Like, okay. You guys argue amongst yourselves. I'll see you later. Do they play the games? Do they like them? Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, more like my son, Riley, he's, uh, he's 28 now, but he grew up the era of teenage pianos mm. um, then eventually became a character in it um because he's a pro skater but uh but he was more of that era and then when the when the remaster came out um last year uh the other the other kids came out. Oh, that's dope okay. i have i had one but based another one now off of what mark said uh about skating with your kids is there an age where you're like I think I need to stop skating. I have a number in my mind or anything. Or you're just going to skate. I never made those ultimatums because I just felt like it would backfire. <clears throat> okay. Um, I feel like if I'm able to stand on my own two feet, I'll ride a skateboard. Right. It might not be on the level that people expect. Right. And maybe I won't do it in public, but I can't stay <laughs> on the skateboard. You can't not skate. Yeah. Right. I mean, at this point, I'm just enjoying because I, I have found this sort of new, um, this new approach to skating where I can do new tricks and they're not high impact. Mm -hmm more mm -hmm. technical and right. they're really more for the only people who appreciate them are skaters themselves yeah for the most part yeah your last and, video you posted i didn't even know what happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like that and so I, I i really enjoy that creative process right and that's what's keeping me fired up mm. um okay. and if i can't you know if i if, if i don't feel like i'm being innovative or if i'm not really if i'm not living up to the ideals of a pro skater then i won't do it in public yeah but for now i'm so good at it mm. i have a I have a question. We're, uh, well, myself, Akash, and Mark are all stand-ups. Uh, we're very lucky. We get to make a living doing something we love, uh, something we're trying to improve at constantly. It's creative endeavor. It's really fun. It's exciting. Um, I'm curious if, if maybe you can give us some advice, some things to make sure we don't miss out on. Because right now we're in that heyday, mm -hmm. right? Well, some of us are at a different stage of their career. Mark is, is younger in the game. But like, what are the things that you look back on you're like, Oh, I really wish I kind of sat and appreciated that. Um, for sure, the camaraderie, because I was so hyper-focused on competition, competition yeah. that I kind of missed mm. what was what else was happening and, and the friendships that were made. And, and I, maybe I just ignored it for the most part because I was just, this is, it, this is the goal. Yeah. And I see how many people made these incredible friendships along the way and have these memories. And I was like, what? Where was yeah, that? Yeah, I didn't, yeah. I don't remember that. Um, but also the the travel. I, for me, when I was when I was young, I was this kid from San Diego. I never traveled anywhere, and so when I would go places, it was just weird, yeah, weird food and things yeah, yeah. weird, and and, yeah. and I and I didn't appreciate that this is something to to revel in. Yeah, I, I can't believe I have these experiences now. I I absolutely embrace it. 
But back then I didn't. And, and I feel like I would have had a deeper appreciation for my experience if I had really embraced Europe or really embraced Japan. Yeah. I do now, but, but in those days it just felt well, cool, man. I appreciate that. Dude, I don't know if that so helps much. you guys. Maybe no, it does. Yeah, it's like, I feel like you're at the age where you're probably appreciating that you get to do any of that stuff anyway. I, yeah. I, I think that I'm the luckiest man on the planet. Yeah. But like, it, it is cool to look back and, and like, even you saying that about the relationships, like I, I know for a fact, like I've, you know, I've sacrificed a lot to do this and like, maybe I haven't maintained all the relationships from like comics that I started with. Like luckily Akash and I started together. So we have that, but there are relationships that I let go and you know, maybe I, maybe I'd look back and go, man, I wish I put more time into that. But at the same time, it's like, it's not like I was just jerking off with the rest of the time. I was doing things to get here. <laughs> yeah. Right? That, I think that's what it is. And, and, and maybe I was in a position that there was more expectations. So mm. I, I tried to live up to it, but, but for sure that the camaraderie is, is everything. Yeah. And the community. And, and I, like I said, you see all these, a lot of skaters or, or, or just people my age that skating was the core of who they are yeah yeah um because of the friends they made yeah hmm. yeah okay we got to keep being friends huh, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> believe me i know that's real <laughs> <laughs> what about what, what if you guys like one headlining was not we... come on what you talking about <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying what happens if the tables turn that's true what happens bro yeah yeah you go over for me whenever you want to <laughs> done i mean i need some more sellouts so <laughs> no, but, no but that is a good question man and that's what obviously i mean I want everybody's career here to flourish. Yeah, that was one thing I know I worked on is like in this business, I could, I knew I could be really insecure, but I was like, I can never let that get in the way of anything. That's for me to deal with. So however famous he gets, I've actually never felt jealous or anything, but like I I have to, if I get insecure, that has to be between me You're and me. You're very to work unique on. in especially our business in that regard. Yeah. Like, I think that, I think it's very easy to get caught up in our business because you're dealing with probably the most insecure people in entertainment, like stand-ups. Is, yeah. It's it's not a lot of confidence for you to like walk in front of right. people and go, I'm the best or I should be <laughs> listened to, you know yeah. I mean? If something's off, you know? Yeah. And uh, Turn off that blender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has slushy drinks during my show. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, um... But yeah, but I think that you've always been amazing at that, man. Yeah. Just being able to like check that. I never wanted to lose a friendship over my insecurity. Yeah. That's the thing I always tried to keep in mind. Even if I have it, I don't want to sacrifice. Like I should be happy for my friends. Let me deal with my shit myself. Yeah. Yeah. But dude, thank you so much for coming by, man. Yeah, thanks Tell for them everything. Me. Tell them where they can find like the foundations, all the stuff, anything going on. I mean, your podcast. We didn't even get to talk about your podcast. Oh, Hawk vs. Wolf. Man. Yeah, Jason Ellis and me, we, we've got it going. It's actually, we, we've gotten a really great response we've gotten a good following so far but go check it out it's uh i, I, I even if you don't skate i promise it'll be entertaining yeah, yeah <laughs> and it's funny yeah yeah so wild guys hawk so versus wild. wolf yeah. um and uh yeah we can say like and describe <laughs> <laughs> that's our catchphrase it's like and describe like and describe like and describe you need people describing how much they like the show so that other people will see that <laughs> uh dude you're the man thank you so much man thank i really you, appreciate man. you it's an honor. yeah Take care, man. Peace.